Welcome to Re-Review, where we watch movies from our past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we love the films from our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. We've got another classic for Halloween Movie Month. Today we're watching A Nightmare on Elm Street. It was released in 1984, directed by Wes Craven. It stars Heather Langenkamp, Johnny Depp, and Robert England. <laughs> this movie is about never sleeping and never dreaming um now this is a fair warning we're spoiling a 39 year old movie so if you haven't seen it we will be revealing key plot points and first spoiler is austin had never seen it no. i realize now looking into the past into my childhood that i think i was super afraid of of, of freddy i really am and even though like i knew about it from a pop culture standpoint i remember my cousin was freddy for halloween i think the idea of of a freddy freaked me out even though i don't know that i fully understood it so having this go through and going like actually i don't recognize any of this was a bit surprising at the same time i'm landing in a weird space of like i feel like maybe this movie well again i don't know what's in west west craven's mind but i feel like maybe it was executed exactly the way it was intended to be it's a very interesting film is what i'm gonna <laughs> leave it with before <laughs> we get into the details but uh, you know it's opening alone and we're introduced to Freddy very early. And I feel like most monster type movies, you don't see the bad guy until later or the monster or the creature or whatever it is until much later. And we, we got hints and saw what was happening pretty much immediately mm-hmm. um, to, to learn about the, the dream process. Right. I was kind of surprised how much you see of him. You know, it's, I was thinking it was going to be like the jaws kind of thing where you don't really see much of him and he's in shadow and, that's so interesting because I feel like I had the complete 180. I thought we were going to see a bunch of Freddy. Like, I think because like I, I remember the later movies a lot better, and I, I I for some reason I thought we would see him like straight on, well lit, and he was actually pretty in the shadows. Like you didn't really get a good look at Freddy Krueger this entire movie. I thought. Yeah, that was like a problem for me. Was I was like, oh, when is this one scene going to happen? And like <laughs> all the other movies were like merging into one for me. And I was like, oh, okay, like. I had thought like, oh, like this other scene from this other movie was going to happen, but it didn't happen. Just as Freddie planned it. When did you first see it, Bobby? Uh, I think I saw it like late at night on some like, I don't know if it was cable or like some like. USA? It's got to be USA or something. I don't know. Like, what, <laughs> Everything was on USA. <laughs> would it have been on USA? I mean, like. It, it... Well, like AMC, don't they usually do like the Halloween month or whatever like they show a bunch of halloween movies right on cable television yeah it must have been something like that and then i think i later saw it on one of like the premium channels where TNT. yeah where there was less stuff cut out of it were you afraid of it when you first saw like how, how old do you think you were young right I, I don't know if i was afraid but i was kind of like the gore like the stabbing and like the close-up stuff or like the gross worms and like all that kind of stuff i was kind of like e like back at that time it seemed much more realistic to me <laughs> than it did watching yeah, it again right. this time this time i, I was just that. like oh cool what a neat special effect of like a rubber <laughs> bag being cut open or whatever <laughs> Uh, we'll we'll get into the effects matt when did you first see this one uh i'll be honest i think i like knew a freddy cougar and saw freddy cougar more in like haunted houses before i actually saw the movie Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. so i think going into it i think i was at the same level as like going into like with chucky and child's play like 
I had a perceived notion of it and I was already kind of scared it before I even actually watched the movie. So I think as a younger kid, I think that I was pre- like, I pre-gamed the scare, I guess. So mm. like I was already scared of Freddy Krueger before I watched it. And then I think I, like I, I had mentioned when we were watching this, like I had watched it out of order. I definitely had watched like a new nightmare first and then dream warriors, which was the third one. And then this one, um, I'm, I guarantee you, I watched this on VHS though. A hundred percent watch this on VHS first. Mm. Um, probably when I worked at a video store. Um, oh. and so like I got around to watching this, um, and then, yeah, it was on TV. I remember it being like making the rounds during Halloween. Um, and then I have not seen this and like this, this particular one in 30 plus yeah. years. Easy. I was going to say the idea, this feels like a quintessential blockbuster VHS movie mm-hmm. for some reason. It feels right to hear you say that you got a plastic thing and you stuck it into a machine and this is what you watched on probably like a 19 inch. Oh yeah. The, the, I I don't know if they used it for all the media that they released it in, but I definitively remember this one if for nothing else. Cause I remember on the VHS I got, it had the quintessential like poster where it had, um, I don't know if it's Nancy or if just a woman in bed. And then you have like the claw over her head. Like, so like, I mean, and it's something you don't really see much anymore, but it had such a artistic eye catching cover that I'm pretty sure even if I didn't know what it was at the time going, cause, and I know there are people who potentially are listening to this now who are too young to know what the blockbuster experience was. <laughs> you walk down the aisles and you have these covers that are facing you. And I distinctly remember walking down cause they, they divided And I know in the Netflix era, you can just click things, but you would go down each section. That was like horror comedy. And sometimes like it's a Friday I want to watch a horror movie and you would go down and you would judge these movies off their cover. And it had such a distinctive cover that it would have grabbed my attention right away for sure. Do you remember the instances where they had like 50 of them and like, but they're, they had only the boxes. There was actually not the movie behind it. Mm -hmm. And so they had like tons and tons and tons of them, but actually no movie for you to watch. So you had to get something else. So yes. I think one of my favorite moments is waiting for uh, knowing that they were supposed to get returns of certain things. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And just being like, I'm just going to hang out until you get it back. Yep. A hundred, a hundred, especially for the brand new releases. A hundred percent. What about uh-huh. like asking them to check the return box? Yes, that's exactly it. Like you got to, someone had to have brought it back by now. No, those are, this movie really feels in that that vein like everything you just described feels right like i want to go walk down the aisle get to the horror section and i'm grabbing this because i'll say it's been 30 years since i've last seen it let's watch it again but then we watch it again and we go what in the hell is going on (laughs) we meet our our lovely characters nancy thompson glenn lance who else we got tina gray who was was it rod lane Rod was the uh, <laughs> the bad boy. The, Rod was the bad boy who we we get a opening and he's like, "Hey, I woke up with morning wood." What did he say or something? Yeah, it was yeah. something. Like, it was the most awkward. Like, I can't even imagine even normal people that being a an opening conversation to have with somebody. Like I thought he was just somebody random. I you thought because he yeah, didn't get out of the car are. with them, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he was behind him. Yeah, right. I was like, this guy is just. It, I my initial impression 
like having forgot i honestly forgot about his character to be honest <laughs> oh gosh like i remember <laughs> the other three but i forgot about his character and so when he popped out i thought he was just like the class bully or something and mm-hmm. he he was just like you know like you know uh just totally just razzing them up or something and then i was like oh no he's showing up for stuff later oh no he he's maybe dating tina i don't know <laughs> <laughs> It was so weird. Oh, little did we know what 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 uh, Rod would turn into. But you know, <laughs> it it opens with Tina basically saying, "Hey, I'm having bad dreams, and I dreamt about this guy." Nancy kind of saying, "Hmm, I'm also having bad dreams, but I'm gonna not gonna give you the detail about it because maybe I am dreaming the exact same thing you are." And then we get to like the quintessential trope of all the three kids in the house, and it's time to make some some you know, lovey, lovey time. And then Rod shows up and pulls a knife on friggin' Glenn. Like what? I, I mean, I guess it works as well as this, like maybe if they would have played it a little bit differently, where like you didn't see what happened as an audience. Like, could you have thought that maybe Glenn had killed her? Cause mm-hmm. it kind of was a setup that he was kind of a dangerous mm-hmm. character. He had right. a knife. So like maybe in a slightly differently written movie you could have played it off of as maybe he did it maybe he didn't like maybe if Mm -hmm. like you know uh they didn't reveal as much as they i mean they didn't reveal a lot at that point i mean you didn't even know who he was or any of his backstory that early in the movie um you barely even honestly you barely learned that much about freddy cougar in this movie to be honest it's like a couple little patches and that's it um but you could have played it as maybe he had done it yeah. So it told, and like they had set his character up to be like, oh, maybe he did. Cause like, I think even Tina was like, you know, be careful or he's going to kill me or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, how do you, you know, understanding that we get to our first, our first murder with, uh, with Tina and, um, the whole thing was we were confused about the Tina Rod relationship. And he comes in and, and basically she was like, I guess we're going to bone down now. That's exactly what they said. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so awkward. Like she hates him, but I guess we're going to go have sex. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> you know, I, since I hadn't seen it. I guess I was not prepared for the level of gore. Bobby, what was your that like that first death scene? I was I was shocked. No, so was I. That was that was extreme gore. And then I thought they did a really good job of like her like flying around the room and then doing the whole like floating on the top of the room thing cuz I thought well, I guess you could do that with like an upside down camera or something or you know like an upside down room and an upside down camera, but then like yeah, the dude was in the, a rotating room. Yeah, like the dude was in the foreground, so I was like, "Oh, like is that like someone hanging upside down? Like it was an, it was a neat like trick on how they did it. And then there was like a whole bunch of special effects in that, but yeah, a, a lot of blood. A lot, right? Like way more than I would have anticipated. Almost the shinning level of blood. And then, and then when the they place. come in and see, see what happened, they're like, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the reactions to death in this movie were borderline hilarious like how nonchalant they were about like walking into a room covered in blood with their friend also covered in blood <laughs> and they're like huh well 
oh no, she's dead. It, like it was like the most lethargic reaction. <laughs> like I'm not sitting here saying like, I wanted to see like Nancy screaming, like bloody murder or anything like that or whatever. Like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. my friend, some reaction, literally it's like they walked in. Like I would have been okay. Borderline. If they had like walked in and like Wes Craven had like tricked them and like had actually scared them or something in mm-hmm. order to get a reaction out of them. It looked like they just walked in and like, it wasn't even supposed to be part of the scene. They just happened to have the camera recording when they walked into the room to do like a, a well, like the dry rehearsal or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh no, she's dead. Whoops. <laughs> I guess we should have concern. <laughs> yeah, it it was definitely just a weird element to that. But we could probably get into all the acting considering this. You said this is Johnny Depp's first movie, right? Yep, it's an introducing Johnny Depp in the beginning. Yeah, that's kind of wild to think about. But I think I I actually want to more talk Freddy for a little bit first, though. Because I wrote down a note. Um, where is it here? Uh, Stretch, Stretch Armstrong Freddy. Like there's <laughs> yeah. a moment where we see him with like the extended right. arm. So I kind of want to get into, like, what do we know about Freddy's powers? Oh, omnipotent, I guess. Like they are whatever the scene needs, but right. Like, I guess that was the thing that always kind of threw me off. And again, having watched the later movies first and then watching this one and then not watching it for like a long time. And I think if I ever went back and watched other movies, I tended to watch the later ones before I watched this one. And I get it's a classic, whatever, but my, my memories of it tended to fade compared to some of the other ones but with this, it, like, I feel like they at least put some effort into what his powers were supposed to be. Like they very much had established, like he does affect the outside world somehow. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And especially with uh, Tina's death, it very much was like, he can kill you in your sleep, but the moment you wake up, you're pulled out of the nightmare and you, in theory, shouldn't be, you should be fine. But then later on with Rod, that doesn't seem to be the case because he was awake. Mm-hmm. So his power, mm-hmm. like the, like, I don't know if it was just continuity or if they're like, literally they filmed this whole thing in like 10 days. And so they like, fuck it. We're like, whatever it is, it is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, whenever he's in the dream world, he can do whatever he wants. He doesn't for some reason I, he did do some cool stuff. I do like some of the effects and some of the things that they did do within the dreams. Mm-hmm. Like as simple as it is walking through like the gel cell was kind of cool. Um, <laughs> the, the tongue phone was kind of cool. <laughs> oh boy. You know, stretch Armstrong was definitely not the best effect in this movie. Um, and then he kind of ran kind of weird. Too. Yeah, he did run. We- that, was, <laughs> that was definitely like one of those ones where it was like, maybe they should have just stuck to the Jason Voorhees rule and just had him walk slow because <laughs> him running was not working because I was just waiting for some circus music to play in the background. What if he ran like Tom Cruise? Would you be afraid then? That would be very terrifying. He's just booking it. It's like oh. just booking it right at you. That'd be yeah. It just it's so it's so weird because you're like, I guess the whole time I was doing a debate of whether or not I like, am I afraid or not? You know, should I be afraid of this character? Um, and obviously there were jump scares in the film. Don't get me wrong, but as someone who dreams a lot, and has definitely had bad dreams. 
I mean, I guess, yeah, if there's a murderous dude who was a murderous dude in real life and then was killed by your mother and then is now a murderous dude in your dreams who can then come back to life. I don't know. It was. I'm putting him at like a mid tier bad guy. How's that? (laughs) He. okay. in theory, he should be one of the most powerful. Like. uh, Monster movies or movie monsters. In theory, because he can do whatever he wants within the dreams. They, they, this is where I think they did a little bit better job in the later movies. They didn't really do it in this movie, establishing, you know, why these people, why only Elm Street, like, is he somehow restricted to Elm Street or can he actually, like, mm-hmm. what's stopping him from invading the dreams of somebody in Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they didn't slow down the movie trying to explain all that, but I was like wondering like what's happening here. I don't and think wanting you need that to slow it down. But... I think you, I think that you creatively can do stuff and tell those. You can you can set those parameters, but I feel like the um, the thing that they kind of did a, it didn't help in this case by not revealing a little bit of that because you didn't know where you were safe or where you weren't safe in theory. You didn't know some of those things. And I get the, the, the people who are going through it, Nancy and Glenn and all of them, they technically shouldn't, but you know, later in the movie, when you have Nancy setting up the home alone setup or whatever, <laughs> it kind of establishes the idea that like, Oh, I can pull her, pull them out of the dream world, which right? is materialization of non-existent matter, which, Okay. All right. Let's, let's go, let's go down that route. Um, but yeah, I, like in theory, he should be the strongest. And I know we had the Freddie versus Jason, you know, I, I would have loved to see the continuation of Freddie versus, you know, Michael Myers. And I don't know if there's anyone outside of maybe like pinhead, mm-hmm. like maybe pinhead might be at the same level. Cause like you're creating reality, right? He has control of reality mm-hmm. And he has access to their knowledge and everything. So he can attack their weaknesses and knows everything they know. So he should be ultra powerful until you get to nightmare on Elm street three. And you're aware you're in a dream and you can create superpowers for yourself, I guess. But well, all I'm hearing is you both would like another half an hour added to this movie (laughs) to get all the explanations (laughs) in there. Right. I, it might've helped. I had, but the pacing was kind of so, so I, I don't know if, this director and the writing probably couldn't have supported that extra half hour, but I would have loved a little bit, a little bit of a deeper dive into his history. I would have loved Mm -hmm. it to very much been like the, from the perspective of this is the, the deep, dark secret of the town. Right. So like the, Mm -hmm. like, uh, I I don't know what they call it in movie making terms, but the idea of the, like the village kind of like, you know, in hot fuzz, how like all the villages were kind of in on, you know, the secret that uh-huh. kind of thing. You kind of got like little hints of it, but I would have loved to seen a little bit more about Freddie before he died. Like, like a true opening with him. And I know they kind of did this in the remake, but even then I don't think it did the greatest job of doing that, but a little bit more about him, a little bit more about his powers and like just that little tiny bit. You don't have to maybe 10 minutes extra peppered in there sporadically mm-hmm. to kind of flush mm-hmm. it out a little bit more. Well, knowing, as I mentioned earlier, that this was Johnny Depp's first film, my initial reaction to the acting in this movie was, oh, this doesn't seem that great. Bobby, how how do you feel about Johnny Depp's first uh, on-film action? If you look at it just from 
this performance alone, I wasn't wowed. But I think my could, yeah. Um, could you see that he would turn into who he became? No, I didn't. But I think Matt, you nailed it by saying like he does have like a charisma and like, and I don't know if it's because it was him that I found myself like watching him. Like even when he wasn't like the main focus of a scene, I ended up like watching him. And I think maybe that's you know, kind of chasing the tail a little bit, but like, it was really interesting to see him in his first role being so prominent. Mm -hmm. The thing for me, well, as we think about Glenn, the character we were confused by because at some point he's called a jock. Right. Was was he the jock? (laughs) It didn't come off that way, but they called him a jock and then he's, Sleeping in like a football jersey crop top of some sort. Right. <laughs> he didn't come off that way at all. Like no one in like this movie definitely didn't. Maybe there was bef- it was a little bit too early, but it definitely didn't have like there was no Valley Girl. There was no cheerleader type. There was no like out, outside of <laughs> Rod's greaser appearance or whatever in his <laughs> his disdain for keeping his shirts closed and burying his chest or whatever like no one really seemed to have a type but yeah at some point nancy calls galena jock and it just didn't come off that way at all it just came no, off yeah, as just uh, a guy right his crop top wearing alone was i was just like this doesn't feel like the same character who was wearing like you know khakis in the very first scene like where did this come from <laughs> they did though we should give a shout out note they did not. They mentioned earthquakes. Was there an actual direct California reference as well? Mm, I guess that was about it. That I, all I could think of. I mean, it de- at least we all felt that it was in California. Yeah, though. it never tried to hide because I mean, like obviously with Halloween, they tried to hide the fact that it was in California, even though you can you can spot the palm trees. This one didn't yeah. seem like it was trying to hide too much, but it also, to be fair, it also didn't feel like it was trying to engulf itself in. Because I mean, this is mid 80s california mm-hmm. like you would think there'd be people roller skating around with walkmans and but that never really seemed to happen right it oh, seemed like walkmans. very suburban like in like a secluded kind of neighborhood oh yeah this was like pasadena you know in the 80s right. type thing right <laughs> why'd you have to say walkmans now i won't think about his walkmans <laughs> glenn's death a lot of blood <laughs> yes it, it was the shining, the shining level. I, I did not expect them to kill Glenn for some reason. Really, huh. I don't know why. But then when it happened, I was like, "Oh, there he goes." He definitely <laughs> had the quickest, the quickest death out of all of them. He did, yeah. With the least amount of uh, buildup, I guess. Like, as far as like, there was no, you know, like if you watch like it, right? Like, there's very much the basis of like the villains are kind of powered by the fear of people being hunted. And it very much felt mm-hmm. like Freddie did that for a lot of these, but it just seemed like all of a sudden it was like, and there it goes. <laughs> that was it. Cool I mean, shot. He but did that for the main girl, but Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, even, even Rod, he kind of had his little tidbit that kind of happened to him, but yeah, I mean, very iconic shot, very creatively done shot. And you know, the way that it was kind of all spiced together looks great, but definitely the, most random death out of all of them, I think. And then they kind of reference how horrible it is. Mm-hmm. And you never really see the end result of that. So Nancy learns about Freddie, the history, her mom's involved, eventually discovers that she has the power to pull him out. And then 
we get all this weird stuff with her dad and he can't save her. Like I, I kind of wanted like to finish Nancy sooner than later. Cause I kind of <laughs> got tired of her shenanigans. No. no, no one else felt that way. I That's usually how I would feel, but not this time. I don't, well, I don't know. Cause like if I compare her, like, so it's very easy to look at these movies, especially slasher movies and try to compare the lead actresses. I mean, mm-hmm. if you compare like Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween and a couple other ones, like she definitely didn't have the same sort of like screen presence that you would expect. Mm-hmm. And the, as things progressed, I don't know. It just, you could have definitely taken this movie in a sense of like, she could have been a little bit more investigative invested. She could have investigated a little bit more into what like kind of happened and, you know, be a little bit more traumatized by all of her friends dying, which kind of wasn't. Yes. And, and then, yeah. And then the home alone sequence at the end was, well, that's just because she went from like, Freddie, where are you? Come and get me. Oh, somebody help me. Freddie, Freddie's here. <laughs> like I, I couldn't, that switching back and forth was killing me, <laughs> but I guess that was the intent. So if you could wake yourself up and pull Freddie out of the nightmare, would you use your Casio talking watch that existed in 1984? <laughs> yes. I would, I would use my talk boy from the nineties. That was like a future predictor of a uh, current day technology, right? <laughs> yes. They, 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 knew the smartwatch was right around the corner. Why do they make the adults so inept in these films? It is a common theme. Like, what if the adults just got it right for once and, like, actually saved the kids? Then you have a 30-minute movie? Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) This this one was kind of weird because they knew Freddy. They were involved in it. Yes. And so it was kind of weird that they... maybe, Maybe it was just easier for them to just block the trauma and so any mention of freddy was just taboo but again they didn't yeah, the d- they didn't really do a good yeah. job of focusing on that i think the dad hears the daughter talking about freddy get in the car <laughs> the mom's like i'm gonna get her help it's like what maybe if y'all know about freddy you should probably have a conversation about why your daughter's dreaming about this person she knows nothing about why isn't the mom in jail because the mom murdered him? <laughs> All right. I'm taking this too far. Yes. I'm taking this too far. It's Halloween. It was a romp. Bobby, are you telling people to watch A Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. I mean, I th- I think for the historical kind of thing, it's, I mean, there's been a bunch of them and there's probably going to be even more of them, right? I mean, are they rebooting and remaking these things at some point? There's probably going to be the the TV show at some point, right? <laughs> The Dream Warriors, the series. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Did you are you pitching the Netflix right now? <laughs> Dream Warriors, the series. So I mean there was a lot going on with this. There was a bunch of it and then spin-offs. So I think for the historical value alone, it's worth checking it out. Bobby going with the history card. And some really I neat. I remember how many times you played that one, but I like it. And some really neat special effects. I played it a lot. I also, <laughs> I also am a trope of myself. <laughs> Matt, are you recommending this one? I I think I'll recommend it just from the fact that I think that there's 
some good ideas here. There's some decent, um, I, I don't know what they call them, gags or whatever, decent little little things that happen throughout it. Um, I'm I'm a sucker for the practical effects that are there. Um, was it like marshmallow stairs, you know? Mm-hmm. So there, mm-hmm. there's some stuff in there I think that are worth watching. I think that especially if you're a horror movie fan, watching stuff like this chronologically kind of allows you to watch more modern movies and see like, you know, if I'm watching something like Hereditary, oh, I could see how something like that connects to this. And I could see where, you know, those people were inspired by Wes Craven in the 80s. And I think that there's a lot of things that are worth watching in this. I don't think this is a great movie. I said it multiple times that this is a freaking hilarious movie. Mm -hmm. There are so many times. I mean, the, 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 sex doll being pulled through at the end in the window at the end of the movie. Like how could you not laugh during that? I mean, it was just hilarious, <sighs> but I think that if you have any appreciation for horror movies, it's worth watching under the understanding that it's not a perfect movie. And there's things that you can take away from it to watch for future movies. I think so. I think you're hitting how I feel about it. I feel like it's almost imperfectly perfect or perfectly imperfect. It's so, it's got a lot of charm, that's for sure. Yeah, I think charm is a good way of looking at it, because I'm saying watch it, but don't expect like an earth-shattering masterpiece. Maybe expect that you will laugh, and you'll see a little bit of gore, but it does kind of fit into, you know these things. If you've been watching more modern films, you're like, oh, oh, okay, I could kind of see how this tied to the history or what people pulled from from this particular film. So it's uh, I'm playing your same card, Bobby, a little bit of history, a little bit of wonkiness. It's uh, it's worth watching and odd at the same time. I don't know. We'll be back with another Halloween movie next week. As always, thank you for listening. And remember whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep.